0: all right welcome to the show today we are super excited to bring to you park howell he is the founder of the business of story and he's considered the world's most industrious storyteller by some of his international clients um park we are super excited to jump into this one i would love to dive right into it so tell me a little bit how the story of your life led to the business of story
1: wow that's a long story tim so let's truncate it a little bit right um I got in the advertising marketing business way back in the mid-1980s, and I ran my own ad agency in Phoenix, Arizona from 95 to 2015. And those first 10 years running my own firm was great. We had a lot of fun, traditional advertising, TV, radio, print, outdoor, direct mail, all that really cool old-fashioned marketing, right? Um, then along comes the digital world, the interwebs, uh, social media, Digital marketing and everything we knew on how to really create a brand and communicate it was turned on its head as like I would tell my clients is, look at you as the client you used to own the influence of mass media, but now the masses are the media and they own your story. So I went in search for an answer because the work we were doing just wasn't moving the needle like it had before the internet. And uh, I was somewhat fortunate in hindsight, our middle child, we have three kids, our son Parker went to film school at Chapman University over in Orange, California, a very, very good school Um, from 2006, graduated 2010. About the time I was really wrestling with how do you stand out in this very noisy world. And so I told Parker, I said, you know, send me your textbooks and recorded lectures when you're done with them, since I'm paying for them. Because I want to know what does Hollywood know about creating a blockbuster when they are you know overrun with competition as well. Well, Tim, that's when I found the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell. I also read you know the fifteen beats to story by Blake Snyder, the Pixar way, seven eight steps there, and that's when I said you know why don't we marketers and communicators use these exact same frameworks in our world if they work so well. Hollywood, why not in business? And that's what I did, is I boiled down the hero's journey to a 10-step story cycle system, Uh, wrote my book, Brand Bewitchery, on it, had some success right out of the gates with it, growing some brands as much as 600% by developing this brand story strategy using Hollywood templates, essentially. And that's when the moniker came when one of my clients said, you are like the world's most industrious storyteller. And I'm like, I'm stealing that. That's fantastic. And that's where the, the, the term comes from. And that's where I am with you today. I wound down my agency and now all I do is consult each coach and speak on the power of story and business.
0: All right. Thank you for truncating that. We will dive granular and into the details now. Park. Um, so I love how your, your son's name is Parker, by the way. That's a... <laughs> well, I loved my wife wanted
1: it. to call him Park, and I said, I don't want a junior. He needs to be his own man. So we just called him Parker. Worked out pretty
0: well. There you go. Yeah, as I said, that's a fine way to meet in the middle there. Um, yep. <laughs> so very cool. So I'm sure the first question you get a lot, or anybody, or at least very large proportionally, it's like, I don't have an interesting story. So what do you tell to the people that don't think they're interested? Because I assume it's the vast majority.
1: Yeah, well, there's a lot of them out there. Nobody wants to hear my story. I don't have an interesting story. But, you know, Tim, if you're a solopreneur or you're building a small company or whatever, you're doing this out of a passion for business. I guarantee you're not just waking up every day, hoping and praying you're going to just make a bunch of money and that's all it's about. You are typically out there actually trying to help people, whether you're consulting service, product offering, whatever it might be. And that is typically born as, you know, Simon Sinek would say from your why. Why are you doing this? What is your curiosity and your passion that is driving this business? Because that's the only thing that gets you through the highs and the lows of being a solopreneur and entrepreneur is that passion to really go out there and make a difference in the world. So come to Jesus with that. I mean, what what is it? Why did you do it? And what I tell people is I say, stop looking for your story and start finding your scenes. And what I mean by that, Tim, are those moments in time where everything changed for you. It could have been a moment where a curiosity or a passion took, <clears throat> took you down a rabbit hole and you were like, whoa, I, ha- I had no idea this was a thing that I really connect with. And you start looking at these different moments in your life And at the intersections of those various moments is what drives you and your passion as an entrepreneur. Those are the stories that you want to tell. Talk about those scenes. When did it happen? Where did it happen? What happened that had this surprising outcome and this aha moment for you? That's the first place for all entrepreneurs to start. And I guarantee you every single last one of them has some really amazing moments that people actually want to hear. They want to learn from they they care about, so that would be the place to go look.
0: Absolutely, I love the analogy. Stop looking for your story and start trying to find scenes um yeah, that that's yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. <Get> those scenes <laughs> that's the tremendous.
1: Story will find you, right.
0: Absolutely. So is that how you would reverse engineer it? Try to think of the magic moments of your career and trying to define what they were, what they meant to you, why they meant those things? Would that be kind of on the right track?
1: That's exactly right. I'll give you an example. So when I was a very little kid, a toddler, I grew up in the Seattle area, but we were out in Minnesota, um, Lake Lida, where my grandpa and grandma lived. And of course, being a little kid and then hanging around gray-haired grandpas and grandmas, they seem really old. Well, my grandmother sat down to an upright piano, and she was a Mabel Torfinn. She was a good old Norwegian. She was a school mom out there. And she sat down and started playing this amazing ragtime. I didn't even know she could do it. And she just like transformed to this different individual. And I sat there absolutely mesmerized. And because of that moment in time, That then intrigued me about learning how to play the piano. My mom and dad got one when I was in the third grade. I studied piano. I wrote a lot of songs as a kid. I ended up getting a degree in music composition and theory, but figuring that I would never make it as a composer, I also hedged my bet and got a degree in advertising and marketing communications, which I did make my living, you know, built a very good career there. But everything I learned from music, I was able to play into producing TV commercials, events, writing, finding the rhythm, the cadence to that came out of that music training. And now today, Tim, I'm on your show talking about the composition and theory of storytelling in business. So you can see that one little moment in my life way back in a little lake in Minnesota led to my fascination for music and ultimately into communications. Just a quick little example, a little story about me. And if people want to see how you can make these stories more interesting, just check out my little bio at businessofstory.com. It is different than any about section you've ever been to. And I would hope you would maybe follow that lead and write your same about section in the same way. Tell, you know, taking your audience on a journey on these little moments in life and how they've compounded to make this big, you know, enterprise that you're you're working with.
0: Absolutely, I love how the founder of the business of story just took me on a very contextual story to illustrate his point. So obviously, you're a man that practices what you preach. That's that's great to hear. Um, so I imagine other people. Um, Do they have a lot of struggles trying to identify these moments? A lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, especially solopreneurs, they deal with imposter syndrome and stuff like that, where they don't think what they did was ever that great. How would you walk people through that? Um, I imagine the storytelling process is something refined over time, right? The first time you write it up doesn't have to be perfect, but at least getting it done is a step in the right direction. Any further advice you'd give there?
1: Yeah, and here's what we all have going for us relative to storytelling, is we're homo sapiens, which essentially means we're storytelling monkeys. or storytelling apes, if you will. Storytelling is what separates us from all other beings that we know of because we, as a species, think, plan, organize, enact, and act using stories. Think about any sales proposition. In a sales proposition, you are sharing a fictional story of what tomorrow can look like if they buy into something you're doing today. Your goal as the storyteller is to turn that fiction into nonfiction, into fact, delivering on your promises you make in your story. And voila, that storytelling ape you just sold to says, thanks, Tim. That was so helpful. I bought it. I'm using it now. So stories are like the original technology that have brought all of us together so when you are looking for your stories just fill in the blank that time when that time when everything changed in my life you know that time when i had this surprising interaction with something i didn't even know existed and completely changed the trajectory of my high school career, my college career, my company. I mean, you can go back as I did to a toddler story and look back on that and say, that had a huge impact on who I am today. Um, you can look at a founder's story. Why did I pivot away from a successful ad agency after 20 years and then take on a whole new endeavor of the business of story? I can tell you exactly waking up on one September morning in 2015, and I had a gut in my stomach. uh, You know what I'm trying to say. not my stomach. And I had had it for several weeks, and I thought, what am I so worried about, nervous about? And that's when the universe, not to sound too woo-woo, was essentially saying, dude, you are not happy running your ad agency. You are really into this storytelling thing. It's time to cut the cord. Take a leap of faith at age 55, I might add, and try this whole new chapter in your life of what I did. But it went back to that moment that I remember so succinctly. And I walked into the office that day and I told my, you know, I had 20 people working for me and I told the second in command that this is what I'm doing and I'm going to wind down the agency in three months. And as of December 1 or January 1, 2016, it would be nothing but the business of story. Let everyone go. And start with, you know, a few virtual assistants and away we went. So that's just another moment, waking up that September mo- morning that transformed my life. And it was basically the universe saying, get your ass in gear, or otherwise you're going to miss out. We all have those moments. Tim, let me ask you, what was a formidable moment in your life, that time when you look back now, informed who you are today?
0: It's a tremendous question. I don't get questions asked to me that much. So so first off, props to you for asking. Um, it's funny because I resonate and I relate to your story so much. Um, like literally six months ago, I was just doing real estate as a real estate agent, real estate investor. Real estate was my thing. And through this show, I've actually found that I'm far more passionate about marketing which is a strange direction since you used to have a marketing agency, although that's not necessarily the direction I'm going. But it's like marketing is a deeper ocean to me than real estate. I already know a whole lot about real estate. Just like I think this is the thing for me. So I made the same thing. I was like, I'm going to go all in towards marketing now instead of real estate. And I'm just like, who does this at 35? It's like I have a successful career. I'm doing well. I'm just going to throw it all out and say, let's see how this marketing thing goes. Um, So you gave me a little bit more confidence because you just mentioned you did it at 55. So I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. you got a 20-year bonus on me. So And he still managed to make it work. So (laughs) it's just interesting because most people would not do that. They'd be like, oh, I had this idea. I'm just going to throw everything away and start over. Let's give it a shot. And it's going pretty well, but it's also going pretty stressful. Um, to be honest. um, <laughs> But everything worth doing is challenging, right, Park? If it wasn't worth doing, it, wouldn't, it would be easy. And that might be part of the reason why you wanted to close the agency in the first place.
1: Yeah. And people looked at me sort of cross-eyed and said, dude, why didn't you sell it? And I go, because if I sold it, I would have been incumbent, you know, tied to that new buyer. And it would have had to spend the next five years continuing to build the agency in order to get the payoff. And then I couldn't have focused on what I was doing here with the business of story. And so I used it as, you know, an off ramp because I let all the clients go. We had, I started working with some of them one-on-one and training of their folks. So it was a natural progression. My income got slashed to almost nothing and have had to rebuild that. And that is to your point, Tim, kind of scary. Yet it is the story. It's the journey we're on. It is the hero's journey. You go from mm-hmm. your ordinary world of what I knew as an ad agency, dude, and I could have kept doing that, but I wasn't very happy. And then I literally got this call to adventure saying, dude, get off your ass because you're getting too old to make too many of these changes too, you know, too many mm-hmm. more times, so now's the time if you're going to do it. And you you jump in. And as Joseph Campbell would say, if you find yourself falling, dive.
0: I love <laughs> there that. There you so go.
1: <laughs> you make that decision. You're like, oh, like in your world. Oh my God. Okay, my my income's gonna fall off the the cliff because I'm trying something new and I can't, you know, be focused on what I was doing before. Um, and so you, you know, can go tumbling down that cliff, um, or you can embrace that dive, you know, and get after it. And I just always love that line. If you fall, you find yourself falling. Dive. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's a great one. So, I mean, I'd love how, because you've gone over contextually, like what the hero's journey is. um, And I just, I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into that, just in case somebody listening is not super um, adept on what a hero's journey is. Um, I was literally just reading something about um, storytelling the other day. Maybe this relates to you, but I heard the man in the hole screenplay template is something that is very good to rip off of a rip off. Not the right word. Model after, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. A man falls in a hole and a man gets out. That's the most classic story. It doesn't have to be about a man and it doesn't have to be about a hole. But the point being is, if you have no conflict in your, you have no story. If you have no no conflict, if everything is just even keel, easy peasy, that means you're an exposition. You're an act one, and nothing changes. All stories are about change. And if you think about your solopreneurs and entrepreneurs that are listening and watching this is if you are going to get your audience, your prospects and customers to buy into your product or service or your way of thinking, feeling, doing, your vision, your mission, you have to shake them out of their own status quo. And if you are not solving a problem, the conflict, the hole in their story, then you're not going to sell them anything. So you've got to think about conflict. And one of the things, you know, we teach the hero's journey, and that's, a, you know, a big, it's a complex 12 to 17 step process, depending on who you read. My story cycle system is boiled down to 10 steps mapped directly to brand development and business. But I have found that it's even better, Tim, to start with the three words of and, but, therefore. And I'll explain real quick why that is. Number one, Most business people that I work with don't want to be story theorists. They actually don't really care about the composition and theory of storytelling. They're like, dude, just show me how I can use this to make as big of an impact as quickly as I possibly can. That starts with these three words, and, but, therefore. Um, You can think about it as a 15-second or less narrative. It's not really a story because you don't always have a central character in it. The and, but, therefore, is this narrative framework that works because it uses the three forces of story in your communication. And those three forces are agreement, contradiction, and consequence. Let me give you an example of it. Um, I was working with the Home Depot and one of their sales guys said, hey, Park, what's the shortest ABT you know? Well, it's like this. You communicate and care. That's my statement of agreement. Yes, I do communicate and care, but bore. Oh, my God, you're right. I am kind of boring. That's the conflict. That's the problem we're going to solve for. Therefore, tell a story. Now, that is so simple and vacuous. All I'm trying to do is underscore the statement of agreement. You communicate and care. Yes, Park, you're right. I do communicate and I do care. But here's the contradiction, but you bore, you are boring. You are leading with stats and facts and jargon when what your audiences really want is the emotional pull of a story. Therefore, connect, have your messages land right the first time, every time. First using the and but therefore, the ABT. And it works because our subconscious problems uh, solving, decision-making, buying brain loves to take in information in this setup problem resolution uh, format. Because every, every story, as I mentioned earlier, storytelling is like the first technology we have ever known. Um, and now you see it, you know, of course, everywhere. We use it as a learning tool because our brain says, okay, here's the situation, but here's the problem we have to overcome in order to uh, survive. Therefore, here's the way forward. And those of us storytelling apes that got really good at that then, you know, uh, DNA self-selected for it. So the better the storyteller, the more you think in this problem-solution dynamic, the better chances of survival you're going to have. And here we are today. That's why storytelling is so critical in this.
0: Absolutely. Um, So let's dive a little bit deeper into that. So obviously you mentioned before we're all homo sapiens, so we're all related to story. Um, But why is story so powerful in our decision-making process? And let's throw a caveat, or not a caveat so much, but a number. But they say, I believe, 95% of decisions are emotional decisions. Even if you think they're logical, you're still making the decision emotionally, and storytelling is a way to emotionally pull the reader in, right? So we can see the the parallels here, but why does that work?
1: Why does that work? Well, I think it goes back to this whole idea of self-preservation and survival. Think about it. Uh, picture you've got two cave dwellers. We're going to call one Larry, and he's kind of this, you know, overweight, sort of lazy cave dude, and he's waiting for his buddy Thog to come home, and Thog's standing in the doorway. And Larry goes, Thog, where you been? And Thog says, well, I was down a river catching saber tooth salmon for dinner. And Larry goes, uh-huh. And then Thog says, but saber tooth tiger show up. Oh, shit, what'd you do? Well, I gave salmon to tiger. It likes salmon better than thog. Therefore, I'm safely back here at fire with you. Larry goes, aha. Uh-huh. So, there you've got story structure. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Aha. Uh-huh. That, you know, satiate learning tool of now Larry knows what not to do when he's down there or what to do if a saber tooth tiger shows up. So, that's just kind of a fun way of saying it is this learning mechanism that our brain absolutely loves. And if we are not, as business people, solving for a problem, that uh (laughs) uh-oh, then our limbic brain, that same brain that our ancestors used to navigate and survive the savanna, is the same basic brain that we use to navigate and survive this onslaught of communication, branding messages, and everything else. And then when we are leading just with, features and functions and bullet points and numbers, um, our brain just bats it away. It doesn't have time for that stuff. It wants the context of a story through self-preservation, survival. That's what it ultimately boils down to. That's why every story set up problem resolution.
0: When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. And the results prove this. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secret that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is why we have opened up a few one-on-one coaching slots with Freedom Chasers Coaching, where you can get a plan to financial freedom that is completely customized to fit who you are and where you want to go And most importantly, how you want to get there, where you can get a plan to financial freedom that is completely customized to fit who you are, where you want to go and how you want to get there. The benefit of working with Matt and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 successful people Every single week, we have accumulated hundreds of seven figure strategies and gotten the inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We are able to work with you to pick the strategy that will fit the best and then help you create the custom plan and steps to take you quickly into financial freedom. The fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. It makes a lot of sense. And it also makes a lot of sense why a lot of people should be leaning into story now because that's what copywriting is. You can't solve a problem. You probably don't have something worth selling, right? So <laughs> the yeah. fact that we are focused on solving a problem makes a lot of sense. And I love how you brought Thog and Larry into the show. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it goes way oh. back. Then, but you see it today. Here's an interesting thing. So when you look at the hero's journey, that big template, it is actually broken down as an end, but therefore, The end is act one, the setting of the sea, the scene introducing your character, what they want. They're living in their normal world. And then they get a call to adventure. But they are shaken out of that world by some mentor that shows up and says, you've got to go on this journey to, you know, build yourself up, to survive, to become better at what you are. So they go through act two, which is all that conflict and contradiction and whatever. And then when they finally arrive at act three, They've won out over the dragon and the internal demons and the bad guys and whatever. And as uh, Campbell says, they return back home with the boon. They've leveled themselves up and therefore leveled up the community around them. That's the therefore. So apply that to sales. You've got a customer and they want, you know, this relative to your offering. And it's important to them because of this. And they're going, yeah, that's right but they don't currently have it because of this major obstacle or gap or whatever, or problem. Therefore imagine what tomorrow is going to look like when you do this with me, you provide that answer. So when you're using like the and but therefore for an audience around your brand narrative, here's the steps you want to take to do this. You want to first identify your central character. That is your number one audience. And for all of you out there that are saying, that's fine, Park, but I've got a whole bunch of audiences I talk to, I will say, stop that. Talk to your number one audience. It's the Pareto principle. You have one audience that is responsible for 80% of your income. That's the one I want you to put at the center of the story. What do they want relative to your offering? And why is that important to them? So you're demonstrating understanding, appreciation for who they are, what do they want, and why that's important to them. But why don't they have it because of what? Now you are in, um, demonstrating empathy for them. I feel your pain because of you, you this problem here. Therefore, imagine how it's, you know, what's in it for them. Imagine what tomorrow's going to look like when you buy this service or do this with me. So set up problem resolution. Who's your audience? What do they want? And why is that important to them? But why do they currently not have it? Therefore, imagine what it's going to be tomorrow, look like tomorrow when you get it through what I have to offer. That is essentially the framework of the ABT, that narrative framework that is also the basic framework for the hero's journey.
0: Absolutely tremendous. I am loving this because I've studied a whole bunch of copywriting stuff and you're basically applying copywriting principles into the narrative arc of your business. Or it sounds more like you're focused on your avatar a lot here, which is... Probably the most important thing in business, the more I learn about the avatar, the more I know that the more specific you know who you're talking to, the the more clear your message can be, which is something you could only learn by having the wrong message consistently. (laughs) Um yeah which is um which is just very cool because I've been told that storytelling is the key to business for quite some time, but I'm finally starting to get the neural pathways to make a click as to why, um which, as you stated at the beginning is is actually very important to d- identify whys and stuff like that, so I kind of went on a tangent there, but I love everything you're saying um
1: <laughs> well the, there's two major paradigm shifts that people have to make when they're telling their stories paradigm shift number one is your story is actually not about you. It's always about your customer. Even if you're telling a story about you, you first have to have taken the time to truly under, understand your customer, what do they want, why that's important to them, so that your story about you is going to resonate with them, that they could see them in the middle of your story. So number one, your story is always about your audience, your customer, it's not about you. And then number two, your stories are not about what you make, but what you make happen in their lives. Most audiences really don't care about your brand. They don't care about your product or service, the way you constructed it, and any of your brilliance there. They just want to know, what is the outcome you are going to give me? So think of it this way. Outcomes trump offerings every single time in your storytelling. Who's your story about? It's about your customer and the outcome you are going to help them get. Oh, by the way, you're going to do it through this vehicle, this product or service you offer, but you do not want to place that at the center of your story. It always comes way downstream once you've hooked them emotionally.
0: Absolutely. So let's talk about the avatar and messaging a little bit. Um, how would you start to define that? I imagine you do this a lot because you're helping people tell their story. I, I know for a fact that a lot of people don't have their ideal client in mind. So how do you walk people through this process when you're working with them? Well,
1: a lot of times you're just going to do some discovery and go back and look at your current client base. Who's hiring you? You know, and what for? What are they doing for? So for instance, when I started Business of Story back in 2016, my number one avatar was a brand person, someone trying to brand their organization. And I was doing a lot of work in that area. And then sales and marketing teams started popping up. And they actually overtook the brand avatar as being my number one customer. Park, can you come in and teach this to our sales team? And that's what led to the big iconic brands such as Home Depot and Walmart, US Air Force, a number of universities, and a lot of Dell Intel, a lot of, a lot of big companies. Now I'm working with their sales and marketing team. So my story shifted. I didn't ignore the branders out there. They were still coming in. But boy, my story really came about how can you help your sales and marketing team get their messages to land right the first time, every time, and close that gap between marketing hyperbole and the stories that the sales actually need to tell to connect and and convert customers. And then during the pandemic, something happened. All of a sudden, learning and development folks started showing up. And they're like, we need to teach this across the enterprise, from sales and marketing to leadership to HR to customer-facing, customer service, you name it. So all of a sudden, my market changed to learning and development folks became my number one customer. They started spending more than sales and marketing during uh, the pandemic, and the branders almost fell off the face of the earth. They were doing it themselves. I had enough DIY programs up that they could come in and do it themselves without my coaching in it. So today, my number one audience is that learning and development professional with a close second being sales and marketing. But essentially, I'm teaching them the same things. I'm just framing it or customizing it to their particular audiences and what they're looking for. Same product, but customized for those needs. Uh, but when I go out to you know, do any sort of marketing, I don't try to be all things to all people. I've got an and but, therefore, for just the learning and development. I, it will probably be an ABT for a specific industry. Learning and development. And then I'll do a whole new narrative off in a completely other channel with a brand new ABT specifically for those sales enablement people, sales and marketing people. Uh, the message stays very similar, but I'm telling it from my audience's point of view. What's in it for them?
0: Absolutely. I love that answer. Very, very thorough. Um, so thank you for sharing that with me. Um, so let's. Maybe we could dive into some ABTs um, yeah. <laughs> if you're comfortable with that. Um, I suppose we'll need to build up a scenario. Um, yeah,
1: let's <laughs> so let's, do it. let's say, say. I've got a scenario for you.
0: Okay, let's that works.
1: one for your show.
0: From, let's do that. I love case let's studies, especially if I could seat. gain some value yeah. for it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right. I, I applaud you for doing that twice already. I wish it happened more often. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> so. For this show in particular, who is your number one audience?
0: You're really putting me on the spot there. Um, So (laughs) so I say it sounds like I'm going in the the wrong direction now. So we started off with real estate agents and real estate investors, which also, if you look back, that's probably too broad still. Um, But we've actually opened it up to service-based entrepreneurs. Um, So I guess I'll just let you take it from there.
1: All right. So I think you... That's exactly opposite. service-based entrepreneurs is a very broad, general thing. When you got it down to real estate professionals, all, wow, all of a sudden we have you know a channel. We have one audience we're talking about, not just a broad brush stroke of, of entrepreneurs you know serving others. so But let's go ahead and examine that, that uh, the service-based businesses in that. Is there an industry or the kind of person? that you are attracting into listening to your show and the ones that you really want to be servicing?
0: Ooh. Oh, I feel like I should have prepared now. This is phenomenal.
1: All your audience is doing this right now. They're writing down who's your number one audience. And if you don't know that exact answer right now, Tim, let's just, let's just wing it. What's one you think mm-hmm. would really be important to you?
0: Um. Well, if I was to be selfish, which I don't want to be, that was the whole point of this show is to help people without expecting much in return. But if I was to be selfish right now, um, the the most dialing I could really get, which is unfortunate, is people that are in business to business. If you have something to sell business to business, I can probably help you. Um, but if we're going to speak like, where is my skill set the best? it would be helping real estate agents without question.
1: All right. Well, then let's do that for this show, Real Estate Agents. For that, and then you can always build different ABTs for different audiences. Your avatar, explain the, the real estate agent and what is it that they want relative to what your offering is. They may not even know about your offering right now, but what is it that they want?
0: Well, I can tell you what real estate agents want. They're actually pretty simple people to crack. Um, and I can say that as a as a member. Um, You're there. <laughs> um Look, I mean they want more sales, they want more leads. I mean like if you do the market research, like I think this will transcend industry to a degree. Almost any industry wants more sales, they want more leads, right? But if okay. you really if you want to find what real estate agents want more than anything else, that is really the only thing that is really consistent. More sales, more leads. More time freedom you see a lot because real estate agents tend to work 60, 80 hours a week plus. But those are the three consistence that you see without question, which feels a little bit unimaginative. But like that's what market research says. Like I used to think every realtor wants to be retired in the next two years. So then you create a product that is like nobody's thinking that, though. It's like that's the problem. If you're trying to create something to sell that nobody's thinking right now, there's not that much of a market for it. So that was kind of a long-winded answer. But uh,
1: <laughs> no that's all right that's okay. So and again we're always thinking about your show here and what it is that you help you know, bridge a divide bridge a problem. So let's talk about what's the problem? What's the problem you solve for them by them tuning into your show?
0: Well that one's easy. Um we give very practical usually very actionable business tips and advice that they could use in their business pretty much right away. Like for this show as an example, they know how to tell their storytelling brand, at least from the bird's eye view already, and we're only thirty minutes in park.
1: <laughs> All right. So therefore, you are the go-to resource because of your real estate background and marketing interests, and the, and, and what you so you're going to be teaching them.
0: I suppose so. So
1: yeah. <laughs> All right. I think this is
0: something you said towards the beginning because I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you had mentioned that like people care about what you had to say. You said that a little bit more broad, um, but that was actually a surprising thing I got from this show because I started interviewing other people because I was interested in the other people, right? I want to learn from other people. And then I noticed that the audience seems to care a lot more about what I have to say than a lot of the guests. And that was a strange um, thing for me. I could I, yeah. That's something you weren't predicting, or I wasn't predicting. Rather, I thought they would care far more about the guests. And it's like the guest isn't the constant; who is me and the other host yeah. matter. So <laughs> they actually relate more to the hosts than the guests, which was mind blowing for me.
1: So you might say something like, "Now, if we're starting to write down this ABT in this narrative form of set up problem resolution, identifying your audiences, and then what is the outcome? Or your audience, what is the outcome that they're really looking for? It might be something like." You know, you are a professional real estate. Well, you are a real estate professional. And are you talking about only residential or are you talking about commercial as well?
0: Oh, let's just let's stick to residential. I have a little bit of commercial. I would never I would never consider myself an expert. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, so you are a you are a professional real estate agent who um, would love to continue to build your leads and your sales. And if you could dial in your marketing, then it's even going to free you up um, for more time outside of your business. But you are bogged down by by uh, you are bogged down. What do I, I want to say? Something by by ineffective leads. The sales aren't there because your marketing is overwhelming and cumbersome. Therefore, imagine the freedom you would get by listening and acting on the information you get from your, Tim's show. Um, Tim brings X number of years, 20 years background in real estate and his keen interest in proven marketing principles that he freely shares with his listeners so that you will not only attract the leads, generate the sales. But recapture the time in your life to enjoy your success. Long winded, but all I'm doing right now is getting my ABT down (laughs) So what do they want? You said, yeah, they want time, they want, or they want prospects, they want good leads, they want to make some money, but it really sounds like, and they want to have the time to enjoy the fruits of their labor, you know? And if they really dialed in their marketing, they could have all three of those, but right now they are completely bogged down. Um, you know, mired in a marketing plan that has no direction to it, which is impacting their quality of life, certainly their quality of company. Therefore, you know, rest easy by listening to the show or therefore take an hour out of your week every week to listen to the insights, you know, on Tim's show from the experts they bring Mm -hmm. in to be able to do all the things that you want to do.
0: So does that make sense?
1: I know I'm kind of all over the place a little bit with it, but I just keep dialing it in like that.
0: Say, it makes perfect sense. Um, and the fact that you did that totally on the spot, on the cuff is it, pretty impressive because, I mean, it, it's pretty clear why that would work. And it's also, it's, it's, it's tremendous that you're able to lock in on the one that was truly the most important, which was time freedom, which is, it's hard to like just totally dial that in with an outside perspective like you did because that is the thing that people want the most in real estate because you get your license because you think you're your own job or your own boss, rather. It's like, I could do whatever I want. And then you get into real estate and you're like, wow, I need to work a lot of nights and weekends and all of this one stuff. <laughs> so yeah. um, I like how you dialed into the, the correct one, which is by chance. But I mean, obviously, it just shows your business expertise there because you're able to acknowledge that with less than like 10 seconds of me speaking. so well Well, done it it Um, becomes
1: easier when you have that framework starting with the abt again mm -hmm. amy the abt is not a story it's a narrative framework that our limbic decision making problem solving brain absolutely loves. place your audience at the center of the story by identifying them right up top what do they want relative to your offering and why is that important to them in your case it's important for them to get as efficient on their on their leads and their sales as possible so they can generate more ROI and have more time to enjoy their success, right? Mm-hmm. So in that time is that emotional side. It's like, God, if I could just have the freedom to go and really enjoy the, the success. But you're not enjoying the success because you're so mired in your marketing that is bogging you down um, and you just aren't finding the time to sell the homes that you need to sell. Blah, blah Therefore, let's free you up by listening to this show. So a lot of emotional words in there, right? Mm-hmm. bring you up bogged down you you want them to feel this elation of yes tim knows exactly what i want for the future we have that shared belief that shared vision but oh shit i don't have it because of this problem here he empathizes with me because he understands my, what my problem is therefore i'm assuming he's a guy to go to to listen to help me get out of this hole mm-hmm.
0: And you know it works because it's kind of framed in the way those late night infomercials are, right? It's like, are you a real estate agent? Are you getting stressed out? <laughs> I mean, they've been doing this for a very long time. So, I mean, it's, it's like when I watch commercials now, um, now that I'm catching up to your level, I'd say you, you've. Got a pretty big gap still, but I mean, I'm starting to pay attention to these little things. Like, how do they say things and why do they say things? Because there's a pretty simple framework that's applied to most types of advertising at this point. So I'm curious. It sounds like you're a bit, a bit ahead of the curve in terms of using storytelling to your advantage. Correct me if I'm wrong, though, um, but it seems like the Internet age really brought this into popularity. Is that correct?
1: Well, you know, stories have been around forever and people are always going to glom onto something that's really effective. I think what you find out there in the world are a lot of storytelling wannabes. They show up and they say, tell a story, tell, tell a story about that. Tell. But nobody really shows you how or few people show you how. And from my background in music composition and theory to branding, to understanding the import of creating a complex customer message and making it simple that I know it's about the frameworks. I mean, I can tell you all the different story categories all day long and say, Tim, go tell a story about that first time when something completely changed in your life. Okay, but how the hell do I actually tell that story that it's going to get through. I'm not going to be long-winded. I'm not going to bore my audience to that. That's where the end, but therefore, comes in. The next one is the five primal elements of a short story for big impact. This is an anecdote you can tell in under one minute to make your business point for you. And all it is is the expanded ABT. And then you level up into the 10-step story cycle system, which is more of a strategy document or process to help you craft long-form communications, sales presentations, blog posts, white papers, articles, even, even shows like yours, using what Hollywood screenwriters know about a character arc and a narrative arc so that you can transport your audience from their world into your world. And oh, by the way, when you're doing all that, you're using ABTs throughout to make your point. You're sprinkling in little anecdotal stories to underscore and illustrate a business point. And you're doing this over this overall guise of the hero's journey, or in my case, um, the story cycle system that takes that hero's journey and maps it to business.
0: Okay, so we just went over a ton of materials. <laughs> um, <laughs> Park Howell, um, do you have a lead magnet or something of the sort that the audience would be able to go check out? In regards to this, I imagine it's not all for free, nor should it be. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: no, the- The best place to go is to uh, businessofstory.com forward slash A-B-T. There are some resources there that you could download. And I've got this online course. It's only an hour long. There's three 20-minute modules by me filled with a lot of examples and exercises that you can do to start crafting your ABTs around everything from your LinkedIn campaigns to all your social media, to your landing pages, to your email writing, to your overall brand narrative. You follow the exact same process, and I take you by hand through that. businessdestroycom forward slash ABT. And then my invitation to your guests for the freebie out of all that. It's only $125 for that course, by the way. And it's invaluable. Uh, The amount of money people have made by using this ABT will blow your mind. But when you go through the course, you can send me your ABT to my email. I've got it in the course there. And I will provide you free email coaching. It comes in and I'll write up, here's what I like about it. Here's some things to think about it. And I'll even help you recraft it in that email. So that's the freebie that I offer up. But you've got to go through the course. As I say, Tim, you've got to understand the magic. If you're going to cast the spell and the Mm ABT has a dramatic spell to it.
0: It really sounds like that's the case. So I'm just curious, where does it go from there? So I love how you make the the barrier to entry fairly small, right? You have a $125 course, not only that, but as long as they go through the course and they do what you're asking them to do, which is clever. I know what you're doing there because a lot of people... (laughs) You could give them everything. You could show them the way, but they're not going to do the work. So I love yeah. that that small hoop you made them go through there. So where's what, what the next step? Let's say that they love your, your email coaching. Where would it go from there?
1: Well, then um, they could take part in one of our ongoing training programs where we pull in. So mostly, Tim, I'm working with large brands. I'm working inside with their sales and marketing team or learning and development. But I also do these occasional public courses that people can come. They're usually reserved for only 20 seats and they go through a three-week process with me where they really dial in the ABT, learn about the five primal elements of a short story for big impact and how to apply it in their brand. Not only do we do a lot of live workshop coaching where I'm teaching them and working, crafting their ABT, but then the cohort gets involved and they share their insights. Well, what I learned, Tim, that, that was good, but I changed something here and whatever. So they really le- uh, learn as a group. And if anyone is interested in participating in our next cohort, I don't have it scheduled quite yet, but they can send me an email to park at I'll put them on a waiting list. And then when it's time to launch the course, they'll be the first to know about that.
0: All right, Park Park Howell, this has been absolutely tremendous. I've certainly gained a fountain of insight from this episode, so I can guarantee that the listeners will as well. Um, So thank you so much for giving us a glimpse into your life and into your business. And to those of you out there chasing freedom. Freedom is accomplished one action at a time. So go out there and commit to taking some actions that you've gotten from this episode. And there are plentiful at a bare minimum, go check out his course and send him an email because he's going to help you out. It's only 125 bucks. It's worth checking out. Um, Stop looking for your story and start looking for the scenes that you've already had. And you can build it out from there. Nobody cares about what you make, but what you can make happen. So that's.
1: Thanks, Tim.